bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kinda whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A N A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Let's just make sure this is on. That's on. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dumb Game. It is. Go ahead. Hello. Hello. This one? Is it loud enough? Who cares? I have nothing to say. Let me take my gum out. (laughs) Welcome to the live (laughs) Dumb Game Politics, everybody. (laughs) Well... Light. Let's see if I can do anything in my chair. We are <laughs> having a fucking time of our lives we in really Portland. <laughs> oh, we saw a sexy girl on the street. She was a fan of the podcast. She's not here. She's at a Jesse McCartney concert. I don't know who that is. That's what you do in Portland. I don't even know who that is. We think her name is Becky or Who's Becca. Jesse McCartney. Oh. And uh, she's not here, but we wanted to say hi to her. We thought we were going to do just get down on some lesbian stuff tonight with her, but she's busy. She's seeing Jesse McCartney. <laughs> he's a lesbian. Sure is. I mean, I didn't know who it was, young but one. apparently he's a young lesbian. Yeah. Man. <laughs> As you do. We can be whatever we want. So what's the river called? Minetka? Minetra? Yes. Menetia? It's called Menetia. It's called Minetia River. You guys River. know what I'm talking about? Willamette. 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 Who this knows? is the first live podcast we've done outside of Los Angeles. So we want to thank you all for... Oh, God. Is this recording? Is this, it is recording. Oh, shit. But it keeps just, going out. Did I just hit that off? No, it's okay. Okay. You, you, um, the one in LA was tragic, okay. too, okay. if you think this is tragic. I want to say... Just, I'm just going to apologize now for every single thing. For everything. For everything. I'm just going to apologize now. I don't forgive you. I know you don't. So... Things are amazing. This might be our last podcast. <laughs> You're witnessing it. No, this is probably our last podcast. Our last one will be the Patreon, fault. so we can go ahead and get paid. So, <laughs> I just want to apologize to you guys, because I am a piece of shit. So. so if you don't know about the Patreon, it's www.patreon.com. I don't know how many of y'all um, listen to this podcast. Let me take my glasses off. That's cool. That's around I don't know eight or nine, <laughs> I think. I don't know what it is about Portland, this area. We, they, they, they like us for some reason. I don't know why. When you think you wouldn't, because we're disgusting. Why are the rest of you I've here? I've offended everybody. And you will tonight at 7? Is that when your oh show is? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to say every offensive thing. Do you know what I mean? Belinda, I'm sorry. I'm definitely getting fired. She's aware. I'm definitely getting fired from everything. So I, I apologize. because I can't stop. I can't even stop being offensive. So why did everyone else come? Were you dragged here? Are you bored? We have the day pass. Sweet. I'm glad you chose this. I love that. I'm we so- have the day pass. We don't 
my beer over there. Can somebody please bring this woman her beer? She needs it. I left it there. Bring whatever needle was there too. She definitely needs that. I can promise you that. I dare I slip into withdrawals right now. It's not the time. I was on the streets looking for Ready Rock last night. Turns out this is a crystal meth town. It's ain't a crack town. Thank you. Here you like, go. Damn it, where's the crack community? Thank here. you, gorgeous. Yeah, that's true. Cheers to crystal oh. meth. Oh. <laughs> I can start at any time. I can switch. I think it's a I marijuana town. Right? And Isn't it a marijuana town? Yeah. Isn't it legal here? Well, I can't stop some for it. Oh, okay, great. I mean, I shouldn't say that because that makes me lame. But. Well, she'll do whatever I tell her to do, so. That's true. <laughs> I guess I'll be tell you what. Tonight. Tonight I'll be stopping. Whoa. <laughs> I can tell you that you're going to be drowned in a toilet bowl tonight. I can tell you that. <laughs> so. There's that for you. So there's that. <laughs> I'm dead. Now, I want to say uh, I can't do hash. I can't do marijuana. I just can't. But I don't have people, and you do. I have, and I haven't been able to since. Um, Tammy Etheridge got us stoned and almost raped us in our yes, house. Yes, yes. house. That's true. That's a true story. That's a, a true story. We went. We can say names, right? Well, we are, so well, I don't get excited about it. She's going to just sue us? One. It's true. So, Tammy Etheridge, I guess it was at the time, and now they're since not together, but Tammy, whatever. We were doing, we, we wrote a movie. If you listen to the podcast, you know that we wrote a script called The Nicest Thing. It was a lesbian romantic comedy. So, we, we, we lurked on Tammy Etheridge because she was on the show Popular. The show Popular, for those of you who are old enough to know, was a funny show in the early 2000s. It's a Ryan Murphy show. Right. The first Ryan Murphy show. So and the best. No offense. Thomas is pretty good. <laughs> but that's, it was right. So we. If that happens one more time, I'm slapping Julie in the face. So, we, <laughs> so, so, so do it one that. more time. Yeah. So um, we went to her house and she had said to us before, she said, because we were emailing or whatever, and we're like, we'll bring the beer. And she was like, I've got the pot. And I said to her, I was like, I'm not fucking smoking pot. I haven't smoked smoke pot since I'm about 30 because I'll have a panic attack and I have anxiety and I feel like somebody's going to kill me and I can't do it. And it makes me And it's not We were so then, early in our alcoholism, so, we bought a six pack of Corona. If I went to her house now, I'd have a case of beer and a fucking bunch of crack. Right. So... She said, you're going to do whatever I tell you. And I was like, okay, whatever. She pulled out Melissa Etheridge's cancer bomb. Yes. That was crystal clear with a pharmaceutical written down the side that was this big. Who smokes out of bongs? Don't raise your hand because I'll judge you. Okay? We smoke joints. We smoke vapes. We don't fucking pull out a bong at three in the afternoon. And it was this yeah, big. Out of a cabinet of 100 bongs. Like a- she loaded it with cancer pot. Yep. This is awful. Good one. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Lesbians are like... Uh, I think the problem here is the rotary girder is mixing, picking up the cup. So, thank you. The rotary girder. Um, so basically, she loads the bomb. Julie's like, I'm not touching that. I'm like, you're going to fucking take a hit right now since so bitch does the movie. Julie does this giant bomb rip, covers the top, and then I just smoke the residual smoke. I don't relight it. I start coughing, which as anyone who smokes pot knows... That's now the kiss of death. And they're like, oh, no, you shouldn't cough. 
And I proceeded to get so high, like I had done four Oxycontins. <laughs> you lay down on the floor. Yes. You took a uh, pillow or a blanket. You covered up with a child's blanket. Yes. Had two yes. young yes. children that were twins. Because she had two young twins who were like two. And we're like, where are the twins? She's like, don't worry about it. And then we're like, oh my God. And I thought I was okay to start, but then I had to go to the bathroom. And then I went to the bathroom, and there was a weird bathroom, and it had a toilet and a bidet, but it was weird. And there was like a curtain. There was and two toilets, and Julie thought they'd teach you next to each other because they're codependent less, and there was a bidet, which, by the way, use it because they're fucking genius. That's true. I was like, you missed a great opportunity. That's true. And I didn't, and I didn't understand, and then I went off the rails, and then went back into the room, was having a nervous breakdown. She's passed out. And then Tammy Etheridge, whatever, was like, do you want do you want to go for a swim? I was like, no, no. She's like, let's no. go swimming. I'll give you one of my t-shirts. And no. Like, no, do you want to get, no. <laughs> Stop trying to fuck us in the pool while Melissa Etheridge watches from some weird camera. I did think that she was. We thought she was in a... Um, in a panic room in the corner watching us on the video. So I was like, I know she's in the panic room. I know she's in the panic room. I'm trying to fuck us in the bed. And then, do you want to get in the pool? Do you want to get in the bed? Do you want to lay around? Do you want to go to sleep? Do you want to share the bed together? It was every single thing. And I was like, no, no, no. And she's like, do you want chocolate? I was like, I don't know. Chocolate brings you down. I was like, all right. And then I took the chocolate. And then I don't know what happened. And then I felt like I had to get us out of there. And then somehow we got out. No lights were on. They don't like to turn on lights in their giant hundred million square foot it was crazy. It so was crazy. I'm like, are you conserving light? There's not a light on. Where's your twins? Where's the maids? Yeah. Where's the staff? Right. Well, I'm walking through her house alone like this. Let's see, Brandy, she's bent over. Okay. She can't walk. She also has one shoe on. Yeah, come find so me. There leave our that. shoes at the front. Yep, there was one shoe. Don't make us leave our fucking shoes. Then we sat in your car, cried for an hour. I had a brand new car. It was a stick shift in L.A. because I am the biggest asshole in the story. Less than a week old, it was an SUV stick shift. And I was like, I can't drive this. And Julie's like, I can. I was like, no. Her, her, her driveway was, they, of course, they were doing renovations. They were building a water feature with a fucking rock thing, that geyser that came up and right. drifted through. And I was like, what is this? We're like in some like Disneyland water feature. Yeah. I can't get out of her driveway. No, we couldn't get out. I so think we, we sat in her driveway, driveway for two hours. <laughs> That's not a lie. Two hours. And believe you me, the one single light that was on went off. off. <laughs> and she went to bed. And we sat Literally. there for two hours. But she went to bed knowing we were sitting in the driveway. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? We sat in the car while that bitch went to sleep in her driveway. Who does that? I hope she's listening. Oh, she is. And we went back later and reenacted it with Melissa Etheridge. That's true. That's true. That is true. It's that all true. true. And then Melissa Etheridge said when we went there because we went back to the house because everyone said we were pussies because we couldn't hold our pot. And then a whole crew went in fucking took the crew down. All that pot took the crew down. Passing out in the yard. One guy was like, oh no. And then just like, uh. Melissa Etheridge looked us in the eyes and went, did she make you smoke weed? And we were like, yes, she did. And she's like, ooh, she does it to everyone. I think she likes it. I was like, what do you mean? She said she did it to their nanny. She did it to their nanny. She put a towel over her her face and started running around the circle speaking in tongues. And we were like, we're fucked. Yes. She's like, she did it to the, the nanny with the thing. Literally walked around the yard going, Dios mío, Dios mío, Dios mío, Dios mío, Dios mío. I mean, not to be fucking, but that is what it is. So, sorry. So bring like, on the pot tonight. Yeah. We're ready to rock. Okay, let's get to Eye of the Shitstorm. Oh, yes. Eye Shall of the Shitstorm. We? That's when the music gets yes, played. Yes, yes. For that. 
section. I have the shitstorm, Andy. Andy, I have the shitstorm. Get away from the bar. Should have Jesse do it. <laughs> Take some shit and put it up on the wall. Check it out for a while. Take that shit up off of the wall. Put it down on the floor in the glass ball. Take some fuck and put it up on the wall where the shit used to be. the main thing going on in politics. Does anyone here care about politics or do you just have day passes? <laughs> I don't give a fuck about politics, but here I am. So, normally you guys think whoever's into it, the two people, it's Michael Cohen and the fucking tapes. That's not what it is. That's fake news. It's bullshit. It's like, oh, the tapes, the tapes. What does that mean? It means nothing. If Trump gets caught with this Michael Cohen tapes lies, I love how probably none of you know that I'm talking about and I'm fine with it. That's gonna result in one single fine, so we don't care. Here's the real I have the shit storm. Oh, here, week. do you wanna, okay, take that mic. Thank you, gorgeous, thank you. I'm not gonna sexually harass her, because in the age of Me Too, me saying, next time do it with your shirt off, it's not gonna go well. That's the old me, guys, the old me. I think women can do it. Not to other women. I think women can do it. I don't care. I don't think it's sexual harassment when women do it. Deal with it. Fucking go cry about I it. I think right to get arrested. <laughs> I can make someone feel like they're going to get raped. Somebody has sent the police to us before, and police. I'm like, oh, I thought I was going to rape her. That's I'm true. Okay. No. All no. right. Women, I just want to say it. I don't care. I don't care. But women, sexually harass all you want. <laughs> You're not going to be th physically threatening to anyone. Go ahead. Okay, so we'll edit that part out. So, uh, <laughs> the real shit storm is actually. President Trump, does everyone know who that is? Okay. And then there's um, Putin, and he's the head of what? Russia. Thank, good, 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 good. So basically they met, and they met alone, and they met with just two translators, who I'm quite sure, being that they were both people that speak Russian, were shady. <laughs> Sorry for any Russians that are here. Every Trump didn't allow... They didn't allow, which was a nor the normal thing, is that when leaders of any country or any state even meet, they have an entire group of people inside, including the media. Trump met with Vladimir Putin with no one, including not one note taker, inside the room. Two Russian translators. Now, I don't care what Russian you see. I meet a five-year-old, I go, yeah, yeah, you fucking spy? You little fucking five-year-old spy? Good for you. Where's your parents? <laughs> They're red sparrowing the yeah, shit. Yeah, they are. They're oh, red. The Jennifer Lawrence called, and we know what you're up to, you little hooker. I mean, now we know. <laughs> now we know it's true. It is the Americans. The Americans. It is red sparrow all over the place. They met without a note taker. I, with, I mean, this is... I, I, it's, it, it should make you speechless. It should make you breathless. It's absolutely unfucking believable that drink. Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump are meeting without anyone else in the room. And if you don't think those two motherfuckers are talking about how Vladimir Fuckers. Putin has, yeah, he's, he's probably like, just want you to remember. <laughs> hooker one, hooker two, hooker three, hooker four, all your money in my banks. Every hotel. On the bed. I mean, yeah, I mean everything. Like, 
So Congress voted. Mueller wanted to. Does everyone know who Mueller is? He's like heading. So, so he wanted to interview these fucking translator, aka Red Sparrows. Congress or and so they can't because of course, like every Republican's like, well, we can't interview these translators. We can't interrogate them. They can't be involved. So now the translators are just you know off in Russia. But who knows what they were even saying? Like by the way, you're the head of the KGB. And you're the biggest spy that ever lived and the smartest, you know, piece of shit outside of Hitler. And you don't speak English? We yeah. find that hard to believe. Look <laughs> like you're bilingual, bitch. Yeah. Which I don't believe. I think he does speak English. And then he pretends that he doesn't. So that he can pretend to not speak English. Well, I'd I mean, like to pretend all his features weren't in the center of his mouth. That he was a fucking 5'8". But he is. I know. How did he become... How does one... You gotta have a How real one... tiny dick complex to be that strong. And yet you have a tiny dick, your face is all on the front. <laughs> your this bit everything about you is nothing, and all of a sudden you run half the world? How? How did... Ego Ego? Yeah. What? Based on the tiny dick. <laughs> He's insecure. But people are listening to him. That's what I don't get. He somehow became the fucking Don Slavslavlovsky of goddamn Russia. How? What? Like you look at these people. Here, I just name. even Trump. I can't. I can't even. I can't even believe that. Who's? I mean, if you look at who's running the entire world, we're looking at what, like twelve to twenty people, mostly men, and they're all fucking hideous. <laughs> who's believing these people? Yeah, if they weren't ugly, they'd probably be into it. So, uh, so now in the meeting, Trump. Uh, Putin told Trump that he wanted to interrogate. The American ambassador to Moscow, his name is Michael McFall. So that means when you're an American and you're like, oh, I'm going to go get a job. and fuck it. By the way, if he wants to hire me, I'm ready right now. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Every piece of integrity I have, it's been gone. But like, I need a job and I need a high paying one, so I don't care. So the guy goes, he's the ambassador to Moscow. Now Trump's mad. I mean, Putin's mad. He wants to take this man, this American, and bring him to Moscow and I'm sure waterboard him, butt fuck him. Who knows what he wants to do to interrogate him? And Trump says he's going to meet with his team and consider it. So now everyone yeah. here is, they ask Sarah Huckabee Sanders what, <laughs> what's going to happen. And she says they're talking about it and they're going to consider it. Rachel Maddow's vagina exploded. Her canoe, her canoe exploded. Her wife's fucking pussy exploded. And it all happened. So now... No one can understand how you're going to hand an American citizen over to them to be interrogated. No. So then Congress then managed to vote against it unanimously. Una I mean, what do they do unanimously besides we should all be able to make more money and be corrupt? Like, yes. So it was 98 to 0 not to give the ambassador to them for interrogation. So now he's not going to go, and now Trump suddenly is like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Changed I changed my, I changed my mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. I had already been thinking about it. Right. I already been thinking about it. But still. Uh, okay, so then have we... No, no. So now... <laughs> so now, uh, the new thing is that um, Putin, another thing that got discussed and agreed upon is that he's going to take his tiny thumb face here and meet at the White House for a second meeting. So it's coming to America. Right. Yes, and Trump has decided that it's a great idea to let Vladimir Putin into the White House. Diplomacy, guys! Diplomacy! Ta-da! Ta I mean, 
into the it's bad enough he let the North Korean guy in the biggest spy in the North biggest Korea. spy in the world planted fucking like God you know knows. bugs all over the yeah. he was in the Oval Office for yeah. two hours yeah he the was the biggest like, spy in North I Korea mean, he was like uh huh uh huh uh huh interesting I love Trump Tower uh huh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. God, everything you're saying, amazing. I mean, they, an American spy brought back a hotel card. I don't know who, we're in a hotel now. It's a nice one. It, somebody brought back a hotel card that on it was an entire way to listen and had oh, video right. and audio right. on the back, un, right. unseen to the naked eye on the back of a hotel card. And this motherfucker sat in the Oval Office for two hours. And by the way, Trump doesn't even have a protected cell phone. Right. He's working off an iPhone, just like tweeting off an iPhone and talking to Hooker or whatever he's doing. But the emails. <laughs> but Hillary's emails and her server. But Hillary's emails and her server. I mean, we're fucked. So that's where it's at now. He's coming here. And Rand Paul, this is just getting too deep and too meta, but that guy was beat up by his neighbor. Yes. Julie's quite sure. He's, yes. It's true. He's like fucking the neighbor's dog. It's he went true. over there and fucked the neighbor's dog or something because the neighbor Rand came over pa- and beat him up. Rand Paul, just a weirdo congressman whose dad is Ron Paul. Another weirdo. Yes. Although I was into it for a minute, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I get into that shit. I'll be like, I love Nader. And people are like, shut the fuck yeah, yeah, up. I don't know anything. No, you know everything, in fact. Thank you. You actually do. But so, I was into his Ron Paul, not dumb curly no, Rand hair, Paul's curly different. top Rand Paul. Rand Paul is way different. Rand Paul is way more establishment and all the bullshit, even though he says he's independent, whatever, with his curly fucking hair. Yeah. And all that. But he, he got, got beat, beat up on his up. lawn. He got beat up on his own lawn by his neighbor, who beat him up to the point where he broke his ribs. Okay? And Julie always goes like this. When does everyone? No one talks about no it. No one's talking no about one it. No one mentions it. Why does your neighbor assault you? Did you press charges? Doesn't sound no, like it. No, we don't know why. No one's talking about I mean, the fact. I mean, I want to break Paul- Julie's upstairs neighbor, Bruce. Huh? But um, just, just yeah, for being annoying. Just, just, just for being just for being annoying. Period. Actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and she is annoying. She's <laughs> so, annoying. She's annoying. And maybe She's annoying. maybe Rand with his hair was just. Annoying, quite frankly. Uh, maybe, and maybe that warrants a rib breaking. <laughs> I mean, like, the guy was fully beaten up. Well, he never okay? pressed charges, and now he's we don't talk con- about he it. He was in Congress, like, yesterday or the day before. Let's give Russia a chance. Saying, we don't want diplomacy. Why not? Democrats, all they want to do is stop diplomacy. All they want to do is warmonger. All they want to do is keep us in a wartime. All Democrats want to do... And I don't care. And if you're, and you could be up. If if you're a liberal progressive who's not, you know, Democrat and third party, fine. But like, (laughs) get into it. We're all. If you're not, if you're against Trump, you got to be a Democrat right now. Sorry, like that's just how it is. So just fucking get into it. You can get your third party later. Like, let's just take care of the mess that's happening now, and then we'll move forward. But like, thank you. The fact that nobody's talking about an actual congressman getting beaten up on his lawn and, and then goes, he goes into on Congress and says, and says that we should give Russia a chance and that Democrats don't want diplom- diplomacy and give Russia a chance, I think it's pretty, I don't know, call me crazy. They declared war on us when they fuck with the election. Come on. It's, the, it's constant hacking. The blackmail and- that is going on, it's like, I know they want to talk about the hacking, but people need to get clued in to not just hacking and voter 
you know, the, the collusion and whatever, they are full-on blackmailing Congress people. And yeah. that is, I, I believe that straight up. Maybe that's a conspiracy theory, but these guys, Devin Nunes and, and, and yeah, anyone who's, who's giving Russia a chance, and not just let's give them a give chance, Russia like, Russia <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, obviously, give everyone a chance. Fine. Obama was all about, like, everyone with a seat at the table. Okay, everyone, let's meet in a, let's meet in Switzerland and let's talk it out. But let's come to the, come to my bedroom? Well, Obama said bye, girl, when he fucking invaded Crimea and said, get the fuck out of my face. And Hillary Clinton was like, your election was fake. You're yes, ugly. No right. one likes you. Right. And he's like, right. you're getting fucked. Yeah. And boy, did she. Yep. The women, right. Martha Stewart, the women never get to come through. Don't try and get hard. Stay in the background. Let the men do it, girls. Let the men do it. You will never get to be president if you ever try to come for that asshole. So true. So, well, great. that was fun. Okay. Um, Andy? We're going to do, um, let's have a kiki now. This is for off limits. All right, sexy? Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Lock the doors. Right. Let's have a kiki. I'm going to let you have it. Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Die, turn, work. Let's have a kiki. We are going to serve. And work. And turn. And hunt, hunt, honey. We are very excited about our special guest tonight. Since we're here in Portland, we wanted to talk to the person who really runs this gay-ass town. She's not the governor, and she's not the mayor, but she's deep in the Portland gay mafia. If you don't believe me, look around. She's responsible for this whole festival. Like, all of it. Hopefully, letting us do this live podcast doesn't end up being her one misfire. Too late. It's you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. She's a super talented producer, vocalist, and comedian, but most importantly, she's a dedicated activist who's been working with the LGBTQ community since 1993. She's helped organize a million gay events in and around the Pacific Northwest. I love saying that. It's like, Pacific Northwest, is, that, is this where the salmon is from? Is it from? Is it from? Okay. So, um, including Portland Pride, she was given a Pride in Action Award from Pride Northwest and was given the Queer Hero Award by the Gay and Lesbian Archives of the Pacific Northwest. Now, I've worked with her for several years. I have worked with her for several years. <laughs> And I've seen firsthand her commitment, dedication, and contribution to the gay community. Here to talk to us about everything from resisting to the, in the streets to utilizing art as a form of activism, please welcome Portland's queer queen, Belinda Carroll. Oh, yeah, baby. That's so right here. Chair sliding. There you go. There you go. Hi. Hi. Is that on? Scoot up. Hi. I am not head of the queers. You aren't? No. I, I mean, thought you were. This room, sure, but like not generally. <laughs> oh, so just head of. I don't want to be. You know what this, I mean? Like, <laughs> this room's queers. This room's queers. Okay. Sure. I'll be queer in here. That's fine. I mean, all right. Let's just get into it. You started working with the LGBTQ. <laughs> the name, the name, the name, I know there's a lot of letters. In the '90s. So describe the trajectory of the fight. If you will, because your shit is. <laughs> I mean, you are. You've been. You've been an activist. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill right? Clinton. It's Bush. Yep. It's, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. It's Obama, so Obama. It's Trump. And oh then, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. So so when I started in uh, queer activism, I'll I'll, stay, I'll give you a little local history. Okay. Good. So when I started with queer activism in uh, 1992, 1993, uh, it was during Measure Nine. Are, do we have any natives here? Yeah. 
Do we have natives that know what measure nine is? Day pass. Good job. Ah, you don't. What is it? Okay, so measure nine was a measure that was uh, was perpetuated by the Oregon Citizens Alliance. And so the Oregon Citizens Alliance was an extreme right-wing group. And it was headed by Lon Maybon. And Lon Maybon and Scott Lively ran the Oregon Citizens Alliance. And their whole thrust was passing anti-homosexuality ballots. So they did it in Colorado. They did whatever. So they, they passed one here. And it was measure eight. And that was... Uh, overturned by the Supreme Court. So then they came back with Measure 9, which was kind of watered down. And what it would have done is it would have uh, illegalized homosexuality, but in the Oregon Constitution. So it would have made, in your con in the Constitution, in the Constitution of, Oregon, of Oregon, homosexuality illegal. It would have been deemed uh, perverse and on the level with bestiality and pedophilia. Whoa. That old so, chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and always do that. Wives, yeah. Multiple wives. I have found some dog suckers, though. <laughs> so, that's true. It does not surprise me. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so I worked with Measure 9, and that was my first thing that I did. Okay. So I worked with Measure And then, so, oh, just to note, though, so Measure 9 was defeated. It was a huge, like, acrimonious thing that happened in Oregon. There was, there was gay bashings, and there was a lot of stuff that happened during that time. I'm talking about the trajectory of, of queer rights. So, uh, so that happened in Oregon in 1992, 1993. So from that fight, because... Uh, a lot of straight people were kind of forced to talk about queers for the first time, you know, because it was on TV. Gross. So awful. It's so awful. It's ridiculous. Like, oh, gay stuff. What? Again, really? No. Uh, but at that time, like, it was, so it was a huge fight. So now we've gone from that to having 100 people in a room for a podcast at 4 o'clock in the afternoon at something called the Queen Day of Comedy Festival. Right. So I feel like we've made some progress. There's definitely been progress. And what, how do you feel like... When you started working or being in, a, like, how do you, and for anyone who's like into activism, besides like going on your Instagram and taking pictures or whatever and being like, hashtag resist, like, what? <laughs> That's all I do. I, exactly. Like, what What goes into it when you start, when you say like you're working, and I, you know, and I don't, I'm not, I've never gone to a march. I don't volunteer for any of that. What are the things that you do, you do as an activist? To be an activist. Volunteer. I mean, just to find an organization that you really believe in their cause and what they're doing and volunteer for it. And I swear to God, if you say, I have one extra hour, you'll be working 100 hours a week. And you <laughs> will be volunteering. Right. Uh, but yeah, and so just get involved in that. And then also, like, remember that, like, you don't have to be involved in a group to be an activist. You have to consistently put forward what your vision is. And you have to consistently put forward, because I consider you an activist, even though you've never been to a march and like you're in here and anything. But you do, because you're a public figure that's been queer in public for at least a long years. time. And, and, um, that's not five to seven that's years. Yeah. Five uh, years. <laughs> so, but that, so I consider that a form of activism. Okay. In fact, I started stand up as a form of activism. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. As a queer activist. Right, because right. you're standing in front of people and you're. Spouting opinions. Well, and I was in Texas for the most part. Oh, in Texas. Uh oh. Was that I got all pissed off. I got. I had this blues uh, trio, blah blah blah, and uh, I got fired because I was gay. My audience that started showing up had short hair, and they were like, they were an older couple. Oh, they were an older guy. They were an older couple. <laughs> they were an older uh, <laughs> duo, and they were like, no, we don't like. So they fired me, and I was super pissed off. And it was like 2008, and then Sarah Palin got. Who knew that was even the beginning? But Sarah Palin got nominated the vice president. So I got pissed off. And do you think that social media is a hindrance or a, like,
like a help. Oh, a great help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because your dialogue is like is like in front of you. So like it used to be, and you remember this, and I remember this very clearly because I was raised evangelical, and so I came out in 1983, and so when we came out, like there was no internet, so you had to like go and source the gay community, and you had to find it, and you had to find out where the thing was happening, and then you had to show up there and talk to Julie or whatever. So, sorry. And, um, I mean, that's true. That's just a name I would have used normally. Well, so, um, yeah. Yeah. so, yeah, or so that's Leslie. I like that. Leslie. Leslie. Or Jen. Leslie. Yeah, fun fact. Fun fact my volunteer coordinator messaged me, like, so, so the volunteer coordinator for the festival is straight, right? So she messages me, like, three weeks after looking through the volunteer things, and she's like, hey, I have to tell you that there's a lot of Marys that are lesbians. Another <laughs> great one. Mary gave us a ride. Mary's right. Yeah, right. Mary Clark. <laughs> it's weird that my sister is Leslie, but I'm the gay one. Uh, <laughs> but she's Julie, and she's Jewish. That all makes sense. That's true. Her sister's probably gay, too, if we want to get into it. <laughs> Everybody's a little bit Because aren't we all... Oh, yeah, right. Now, what kind of backlash have you received while working, like, in the community? Or have you? Oh, what, what, what do you mean by that? I like, mean, what, like, what, let's I tread mean, this lightly, please. Okay, that's, okay, a, that's, okay, a, okay, that's a very, like, okay. um, sweeping right. Well, I think the social media could have possibly made it harder, because I feel like, even though it gets the word out... Oh, uh, sure, are you talking about the whole social media thing? As far as, like... Sorry, uh, well, like... It, it, it's it's getting people involved, but it's also getting... It, there's a lot of apology cops. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, people defending other things that maybe isn't what they represent or d- protecting other people. Everyone's very sensitive. I don't know. I feel like it... it I think it made the dialogue a lot more... Um, like divisive? Angry, yeah, or, or something. Like I don't know. Hostile or... Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I it's because I was around first wave feminists, but I don't feel like it's that. I mean, but, but I'm kind of being serious. I was around, you know, like when, when I was involved with Lesbian Avengers, like in the early 90s, like I was around, oh, like because we were playing the Dyke March here. And so, and I was like in the back and I was like, you know, a teenager. They didn't listen to me, but they, mm-hmm. but I watched them like plan it. And the thing that, that was happening at that time is there was a lot of pushback for. Uh, for the inclusion of even the word lesbian in the gay pride parade, right? We had to like really fight for that. And so, and this is just in the 90s, right? So I feel like, I feel like there's two sides of that coin. It's like social media does cause divisiveness because you have different ways of communicating. Like I grew up different than you and you grew up different than me and we have different, you know, like I like to say fuck a lot and a lot of people get offended by that, you know what I mean? Uh-oh. So, right? So, uh, so I think that there's, there's that side of it, but I think it's, it's a matter of learning how to communicate with each other and then respecting each other as far as our identities. I'd say across the board, that's good. Yeah. Have you ever met any Trump supporters here that are gay? That are gay? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> that does exist. That, that does, does exist. exist, and it definitely exists. Maybe not in LA, but maybe Orange County. Or... No, I've definitely met them, like in the in the world and on the road, just like gay. Have they admitted it? Yeah, there have been a few. There have been a few shows where I know that, like, a like the producer will come out and be like. <sighs> There's a Trump supporter in the hood, and they're really upset because all the comedians are talking about Trump, talking shit about Trump, and blah 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 blah. And like, it's like, what? What? So what? <laughs> like, okay, so this is the thing. If you know a gay Trump supporter, don't suck their dick. <laughs> That's how you change. Maybe they have a vagina. Good one. There are women. I have met women once. I, I mean, no, too. I mean, I mean, whatever kind of dick you have. I don't give a shit what kind of dick you <laughs> right. have. Or whatever. Right, right, don't right, 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 right
I I remember in Provincetown I met. <laughs> it's just shocking. It's just shocking. It's shocking. It's shocking. I don't even understand it. The rich ones. The this rich is ones. the thing. I have yeah. more understanding of log cabin Republicans now. Of course. Like in the not, like, but they're they were almost liberal in comparison to this Trump. Like when, when you're organizing like something like the Omilo Yanopoulos, right? Well, when you're yeah, organizing right. something like the Dyke March or something where it includes, and even like this festival, it includes a lot of different people and a lot of different agendas. Do you find like, especially activists are passionate people, and you each per, even though you have a main agenda, you also each person has their own agenda, right? And like, especially as a producer or a person who's doing that, how do you or how have you found? like the best way to manage all of that you know what i mean as far as as far as getting people to, to well do, when do people work together to as be... a group it can be hard and especially like, like the dark the well, dark, let's say the dark march let's just say the dark march and there's sure. dark marches in all in every city sure, sure. right right you get a bunch of dice together mm-hmm. i mean that's just a bunch of people complaining <laughs> you so know, very understanding and very like and very like how uh, do you yeah how do you yes and every single person's yeah yeah you just you just do I mean you just do and you find you find a way to, to make that person feel comfortable right I mean that's just I mean that kind of comes naturally to me though which is maybe the thing but like I feel like this is the thing I feel like people work really well together when they understand that they have a common purpose and common common vision okay so I think that if you are looking like if you're in a group and you're looking to get along with people you have to kind of put the personality aside of, of yourself even just like and realize they have a purpose and a goal and a vision and if, if that's clear and you can ignite people's passion that way then they'll work really hard for right you. and what ignited was it being gay that ignited you because you don't just do gay shit like you know about, like <laughs> feminism and are you just sort of just like you know what activated you to be an activist. Oh, that's easy. So my uh, my family is all Southern Missionary Baptist. Gross. Oh. Sorry, no offense. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. So when I came out, my mom, so my mom was like this huge Southern Missionary Baptist woman. She joined the Mormon church for six months because the, the Baptist wow. church in Portland wasn't conservative enough for her. And then she was a Mormon for six months until she found out they were real serious about the caffeine thing, and then she was done. And, um, not no, for multiple wives. Wow. Not for her. Wow. So, uh, but when I came out, my brothers were really acrimonious toward me, and uh, my I, and my mom would like quote Leviticus at me and like you know talk to me. And this is during Measure Nine. This is during the whole the whole measure. And so I saw you know I saw what that did. And so a lot of my a lot of my. Uh, uh, Passion comes from not having people feel like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay, so one last question. Uh-huh. What makes the scene in Portland different and unique than, say, like the scene in LA, which is, you know, obviously shallow? Are you talking about comedy or are you talking about just in general? Certainly not comedy, more like. Um, yeah, the gay, yeah, the gay artist scene, and just the gay, the gay scene here, the gay community. Well, because you, because you're active here, and right. like, duck, you know, many different facets of it, not just comedy, like sure. benefits and stuff. What would you say that makes it different than like the community in New York or Austin or LA or, or even the Bay Area? Well, I mean, each of those cities have a different type of gay community. Right. I, mean, I think it's 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 largely the uh, leadership around the gay community, but I think I, I think you'd have to go into when the gay community in that particular city started. Do you see what I'm saying? So like, it's like based on like their age, the age of the, or the history of the, well, no. the age of the people. Well, the history. thing is, is that like, is that like New York, New York started, you know, of course, Stonewall and then Christopher Street, Dave Braden, 1970. Actually, Portland's uh, 
uh, gay community started in 19, or gay movement started in 1972. Wow, um, that's a long time. Yeah, so we're like, we're like one of the youngest, and then uh, and then San Francisco, of course, in 1971. So, you know, so we're like the larger, uh, the, the oldest communities, and I think that that, that really leads into, because we've been through a lot together as far as the community, even if you're new to Portland, like, um, you'll find that, like, you know, we went through uh, Measure 9, and then we went through the AIDS crisis, and then through, you know, so we have a really tight-knit community because we've had to be tight-knit. And up until, like, 10 years ago, like, we were the place between Seattle and San Francisco. Like, nobody knew who the hell we were, you know? Yeah. They'd be like, Maine, you know? Right. And so, right. And so up until, like, 10 or 15 years ago, uh, you know, we were our own kind of islands, and so that, that really creates kind of a deep uh, association of the and that makes sense. Is just you got, if anyone knows, and in, in LA we have like West Hollywood, and it's certainly like very into itself and all that stuff. But there's and it's very gay, and they call it, you know back in the day they'd call it Boys Town. And mm-hmm. my dad would come and be like, "Look, there's like gay guys walking bulldogs and stuff." And like the 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 zip code is nine zero zero six nine and shit, and they'd get all titillated <laughs> by the whole thing. And it's all great. But there's a sports bar right in the smack dead center of of WeHo, and it's called Barney's Beanery. Mm -hmm. And it's there, and it's gross, and fucking has roaches, and the menu's too long. I don't need a 14-page menu of dicks and jizz and lies and straight guys. Oh, we have that, too. I don't think of it all. Like but there was a sign on, on the door of Barney's. It's on. It's right in the middle of, of West Hollywood on Santa Monica. There was a sign on the door up until like maybe the late 90s that said no faggots allowed in the middle of West Hollywood and it's still there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's the sign's not there, obviously. Like, <laughs> I wish it was, and then it would just get burned fucking down with all its roaches. But the fact that that was even there in the last 20 years is like, I think about it every time. I'm like, that is so outrageous and appalling that that was there that recently. Mm-hmm. Like, so I feel like saying since 71 or 72 here. 72. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty, that's. Fucking amazing, actually. Yeah, that is amazing, and I still can't believe that song was there. <laughs> in LA, in West Hollywood, that would be like if you went to was anyone like like Christopher Street? I don't know. What's the gay area here? Is there one? It's all gay here. <laughs> no, no. So there's there's a spot in downtown where there's a few gay bars, but like Stark Street used to be Stark Street and downtown between uh, Broadway and Thirteenth was really the the gay district, mm-hmm. and then that's been gentrified. So there's like, uh, you know, so it's gonna be Harvey Milk Street soon. Oh, so that, that it's going to be really Now that it's gay. gentrified, we'll name it after a gay person. Right. Uh, right, right, right. Do you remember when you used to have this street? You don't have it anymore. Right. Now it's a bike shop. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. You're honestly. welcome. Thank you for having us. Please tell our 14 listeners, there's probably three here, three here in the day passes, where to find you on social media. For real, tell our listeners if this even recorded. Sure. It's, uh, I'm on Twitter at Politicomedy, the Instagram, same place, and then uh, PortlandPortCommedyFestival.com is the is the website for the festival, and uh, I'm on Facebook, Politic Hero Comedy. Awesome. All right. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Everyone, you can play that next song, Andy. What a night, what a city Girl, your show is looking pretty Trying to catch a cool one Checking for a little fun Sarah, oh Sarah, honey, is that you? Oh, alright Alright uh, Let's get our volunteer ready with a handless mic or oh, Handless? With the, uh... <laughs> Wireless mic for this next segment, please. Thank you. 
Okay, so now it's time to take a moment and celebrate everyone's favorite White House press secretary, Sarah Buckaby Sanders. And lucky for y'all, she's here to do a special dumb gay politics press conference. Go fuck yourself, who's got a question? <laughs> Next question. 
Anyone else? Yes, you. Uh, Mary Fuck Kill, Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, Sarah Palin. Oh. 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 The question is Mary Fuck Kill. Oh. Who? Mitch McConnell, Sarah Palin, and Paul Ryan. Uh, I think the answer to that is I would kill all of them and fuck Mitch McConnell's wife. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else have any questions? Are we good? Are we good here? Anybody else? Anyone? Is that it? Those well, that right. concludes the press conference. Right. Thank you, Mitch. Right, thank you. Thank you. Next song, Andy. Looking cute. And feeling cute. What you gotta do? Boy, let me tell you. Your game. It's okay. It's a present from Jesus every day. Your game. Oh yeah, Jesse. Your game, bitch. <laughs> All right. This is the part of the show that we call Gay Guys and Their Feelings. <laughs> now, our guest tonight is the legendary dumb gay politics intern, Aran Aro. Aran's real-life name is Jesse Horgan, and while his Aran persona is our unpaid So There's That Twitter intern, his real self, Jesse, is also our biggest Patreon contributor, which technically makes him, makes him, our employer. Now that's a strange dynamic, mainly because we always hate our employers, and probably always hate our interns, too, not for nothing. Um... But we actually love Jesse slash Aran to pieces. He's done so much for this podcast and for us personally. Words really can't express our appreciation to you, honestly. You are truly our number one out of all of our 14 listeners. And we're honored that you're here to tell us your gay feelings. And if they don't involve talking about how pretty I am, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of a fail. So add that on at the end. Okay. Come on up, Jesse. Everyone, Jesse Morgan. Okay, Aaron Rose. Can we get a microphone for him? Yeah, yeah, that's good. You stand. We want everyone to look at you and objectify you. Are you two sit down? You get scared? No, no, not scared. Okay. Not scared that. <laughs> Make sure you get that microphone up close to that mouth. So, so uh, first of all, I want to say uh, we came to the first live podcast in Los Angeles and I got the best compliment ever right at the start because I came in and I was like oh I'm I'm the intern and both Julie and Brandy looked at me and said we thought you were a woman <laughs> and I was like mm. that's the biggest compliment ever so so uh, uh, this is just going to be uh, somewhat positive because I am the uh so is there, there's that guy. So I go and I do the research for Julie, and I send her. <laughs> Tell him what it is. Tell him what it oh, is. So there's that is every week Julie has to come up with something in all the horrible, awful news that is a silver lining that uh, she has some hope that the government or to or by or happening around the government something positive that has happened. And so right at the start I was like, oh. 
she's struggling, she's struggling, I'm gonna help, I'm gonna help. So I sent a bunch of links and every week I'd be like, look, uh, this senator might have a conscience, maybe, just a little. And so all those uh, links got sent to her on Twitter and so that's how I became the unpaid intern. So uh, this gay guys and their feeling is, feelings is gonna be uh, along that line. So I know everything's awful and horrible and the news is bad every day and uh, you see uh, the news come up and it's like children in internment camps and uh, oh, we have no idea how to get them back with their parents and we have no idea who belongs to who or whatever is happening and that's just the worst story. Then there's also, um, oh, we're not going to have environmental regulations anymore, pollute all you want or uh, hey, the hospital made you sick too bad you're on your own. Uh, all, all those things. And so one, what I wanted to say is uh, we have been through... We should kill ourselves? <laughs> no, no, no. We have been through terrible times before. Uh, American people, if you know anything about history, you know that things have to be terrible to get people to stop watching TV and be like, what, wait a minute, uh, what happened? There's Nazis in the street and they already have internment camps? What, what happened, right? And so if you know anything about history, American people, finally we are getting to that point where people are starting to be pissed. Like it is Judge Julie every week. People are angry, people are outraged. Uh, one of the things that's so crazy about uh, looking back in history, I. Uh, if you know anything about the AIDS crisis, late 80s, early 90s, there was the Bush, or sorry, Reagan administration and the Bush administration, and they didn't give a damn about people dying, a whole generation decimated. They wouldn't even say the word AIDS on TV. And finally, people got pissed enough to finally go out and fight. And so what they did is they went to uh, <laughs> the most bigoted, right-wing senator of all time, Jesse Helms, and they put a condom over his house, right? And that, that happened on September 5th, 1991. And we're finally starting to see that again. We're finally starting to see people be pissed so that if you're a Trump administration official and you are spending all day, you know, separating children from their parents and sending them to a camp and, and uh, having them be covered with lice all day, and then you finish that and you're like, I feel like Mexican food. Let's go out for Mexican. You can finally see people going up to those, those officials and saying, listen, we're going to call you out for this right now over the ahi tacos. This is, this is going to happen, right? And so uh, that kind of activism is what uh, results from finally people being pissed off enough to make changes. And so uh, I think the feeling I want is, is going to piggyback right well off what the previous guest said because uh, ACT UP and TAG, which was um, a group that really just wanted treatment for people with AIDS and they did the condoms and, and they did die-ins in churches and at press conferences, um, what they wanted to do was they wanted to get attention and we're finally at that point. And we have a, a Ann Northrup, which is one of my heroes, she's a, a member of ACT UP for years and years and years, activist, she was arrested over two dozen times 
at uh, all kind of protests at Republican senators' houses and at their offices, things like that. And she said, you don't have to attend a march every day. You don't have to camp out. But you just need to do something. Do something consistently. It doesn't have to be a big, giant thing, but when you're finally angry enough to make a change, go do something and do it over and over again. And we're finally at the point where we're seeing people do that. And so that is the point uh, that even if it's comedy, if it's voting, if you're going to volunteer, <laughs> you're going to do something, whatever it is, it's the time to go do something. And that's my feeling. Yeah. Yay! That's what gay guy and his feelings. And you're right. And we agree with you. And we were just saying on the last podcast how I'm loving the shame that's going on, the shaming of the public shaming. And if that's that's part of it. That's people getting angry. That's people like, yeah, that's all we have. If we have to shame Sarah Huckabee Sanders and the Red Sparrow Inn or whatever, then that's what it's going to take. It's no longer, even though it's, you know, and I agree with you completely. And even though Michelle Obama said when they go high or when they go low, we go high. Uh, no, when they go low, I want to go fucking lower. I want to go so low. I want to go low. It's time to go low. Sorry, because that's all they understand is low. So, like, get angry. But I also do want to say this, and this is extremely important, I think, to just to add on to what you're saying is, to know where the shit is coming from and to be very aware of where the hate is coming from and directed from or directed to. We are fighting too much within our own community. There is too much infighting. There is too much blame within our own because we're too afraid to fight out of it. And so until we start to look out and really see where the shitty, gross anger and hate is coming from, nothing is ever going to get done. Don't quabble, quibble, quabble about bullshit things within. That's not hate. That's sibling bullshit. That's sibling bullshit. We don't need to fight about that. You want to fight? fight. That's not a real fight. The fight is outside of our community, and I mean our community, of, our community, gay, straight, les, bi, trans, whatever, the people we know are, you know, there's people on our side who we should know who they are, and not lash out at people who are within. Does that make sense? I don't know. Anyway. It's too much of it. So, thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. That was awesome, and thank you for doing all the intern work and finding all this other stuff for me. Okay, Andy. And that's it for this live episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Yay! Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. I'd like to tell you it's a lot better when we're in a studio. It isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just as hostile and just as shitty. But if you want to go and listen to our Patreon podcast, it costs a dollar an episode, and it's not about politics. It's about... Pussy stuff, dick stuff, <laughs> shitting, gay stuff, movies, <laughs> video games. anything, video um, games, clothes, walking, talking, um, living, sweating, sweating. how many Uber drivers, things how, like that, anything, yeah. anything under the sun, and it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's not structured like this. This is so professional. It's a little <laughs> looser. This makes you uncomfortable. And as always. 
it's been very real <laughs> and it's been really fun. But mostly, <laughs> but mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And live. So thank you very much. you do I see you've met my faithful handyman he's just a little broad dine because when you knocked he thought you were the candy man don't get strung up by the way I look don't judge a book by its cover I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme, and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty grooving. Want something visual that's not too abysmal? We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you? Stay for the night. Right. Or maybe a bite. Right. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. A sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> but not the symptom. <laughs>